Hello and welcome to episode 138 of the Haskin Cast podcast. I am your host, Scott Haskin, and I am here to do a review of the freshly delivered EP from Blackmore's Night, Here We Come a Carolyn. And you know what? This, uh, this timing couldn't be more perfect because not only is it the Christmas season, obviously, but just uh, a couple of hours ago, I had someone come to my door trying to sell me something and then they knocked on my neighbor's door and I thought, okay, so in the middle of a lockdown, we're doing door-to-door sales. That's brilliant. But it made me think about the fact that, you know, going along with this title that there will be probably, well, there probably still will be carolers. I imagine that people will still go out and do that. But I bet a lot of people won't because that's huddling in groups. It's going outside, being together, going door-to-door, interacting with people, Um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. I don't know how many people really do that anymore anyway, though. It seems like something that you see in the movies. I haven't heard anyone caroling anywhere I've lived in years. But I'm sure it still happens in some places, uh, even in America, probably maybe more in Europe. I don't know. I'd be interested to find out. But we're not here to talk about carolers. We're here to talk about this album. And I'm really excited to get to that. But first, of course, there's a couple things that we need to talk about. I want to say thank you to everyone who has been so helpful and supportive of my new show, Uriah Heap, the Magician's Podcast. The uh, The show has really taken off. People seem to really be enjoying it. I've met uh, a lot of great people, a lot of opinions and uh, a lot of memories and a lot of people that have said, you know, I know who Uriah Heap is, but I can't think of any of their songs. And so it's really uh, great to be able to just do a review of each song, let each piece stand on its own not get into a lot of the politics of the band or or even, you know, musical politics. Really just say, let's just listen to the song, see what the song has to say, pick out the exciting things. Here's what I like about it. Here's what I don't like, that kind of thing. And to have Mick Box himself contributing to uh, the episodes has been uh, fantastic. He's such a great guy. I've had such a, a joy getting to know him over the last couple months. Um, really amazing. And, and just what you would really want in an artist, you know, somebody who really cares about the fans, somebody who really just puts out great music, that really careful about what they put out, making sure everything is quality. And I think when I think on it more and more so, the bands that have been the biggest influences on me are the ones that have done that. And I look at, you know, the four big ones for me have always been Rainbow, Uriah Heap, Deep Purple and White Snake. And there's a, there's always a, a quality, I think, some sort of, um, you know, natural production. You know, this we're writing what we want to write. This is what we feel. It's spontaneous. It's what we created. And it's not, you know, we didn't spend years overthinking it. We just went in and did it. And I think that's part of what makes a lot of this music so great. But it's uh, it's been a real joy. And I've had such support from so many great people and uh, especially my uh, my partners at the Deep Dive Podcast Network. Um, everybody's just been so wonderful. And uh, I just wanted to say thanks for that. If you haven't heard the show, if you're interested in Uriah Heap's music, go check out Uriah Heap, the Magician's Podcast. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify, you know, all the places that podcasts are at, um, at least all the ones that all the big ones anyway. And I think there's a few other little ones that it's at too. My distributor has a, a bunch of connections that it just sends out to when I upload. So uh, anyway, what we're here to talk about, though, is this wonderful new album. And anybody who knows me that knows I'm a big fan of Blackmore's Night's Christmas album, Winter Carols, knows that I am a big fan of Blackmore's Night's album, Winter's Car- Winter Carols. And I listen to it all year. It's It's just a great, great bunch of songs to listen to. You don't have to be in holiday to want to enjoy good music. And so it's it's one I listen to quite a bit. 
and um, it, it it just has such a good sound to it. It has that warm, uh, the the production has that feel of sitting by the fireplace, curled up with a blanket, drinking hot chocolate, listening to music. Even though I'm not doing that, I kind of have those those warm feelings that I get when I listen to it. And I was really hoping that when I heard this EP, it would give me that same feel, and it absolutely delivers on that. Uh, I've only heard the two songs that have been released. I'm going to listen to the others as I review them here. But it was um, it was something that right off the bat just felt like they they just had had opened a, a vault and said, OK, here's Winter Carols. Let's continue from here and added to that set of songs. So it really just right off the bat just uh, warmed my heart and, and got me a little bit in the spirit. And of course, this year being the first year I put a tree up in like 30 years, that uh, certainly helped. So we're going to get into this, and uh, but I want to I want to just take a little bit of a step back before we do, and talk about uh, something that I've said many many times is that no one has ever made me feel music the way that Richie Blackmore does, and there's just something about the way he expresses himself, the way he feels music, the way it transports to me when I listen to him not just the riffs and not just the solos, but all the little things that he does in between that really make the music he writes magical. And you hear it in Blackmore's Night, you hear it in Rainbow, you hear it in Purple, all these just little little surprises that sometimes you don't hear the first time you hear a song. Three or four times in, you'll be like, oh, wow, what was that? And you notice it, and it, and it really just adds a little bit of touch of, of magic. And much like I've said about McBox. Richie can play very fast, he can play slow, but it's always within the context of the song. And I can't stand when guitar players just play all over the place and it doesn't make any cohesive sense to what the relation is to the song. But every time, I can't think of a single solo piece that he's done or solo in a piece that he's done that I haven't liked. And there's two in particular that I would recommend that you listen to. One is off of Straight Between the Eyes. It's the last track. It's called Eyes of Fire. For some reason, I I couldn't give you the technological jargon behind it or the musical jargon behind it. But there's something about that solo that I just absolutely love. And uh, the other would be a song called Weisheim. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I'm German. You'd think I would know how to do it. But that song uh, just has such a, a depth of emotion in it. And if you're going to do an instrumental and it's not, you know, you're going to do a song that doesn't have that vocal to carry the emotion of the song, you really need to nail it with the music. And this song 100% digs right in. And it just has these wonderful passages that, that just kind of, you know, just tug at my heart. Really amazing stuff. Now, that song, I think, if I remember right was on an EP with I Surrender. And I want to say, okay, I can't remember what was on it. I think there were four songs on it. It had a, a derivative of the Difficult to Cure album cover. It was, man, I can't think of it now. But anyway, it was on that, I think. And then I think it might've been on Final Vinyl. I didn't look before I started recording, but it's a great song. So if you get the chance to hear it, um, really listen to it because it's it's just packed with emotion. And that's the kind of stuff I love uh, most from him. I mean, I love songs like Spotlight Kid that are just so meticulous and, and perfect and interesting. But those, uh, you know, the solo to Tearing Out My Heart is really good. The um, you know, songs like that are the ones that really grip me the most. And, and I've enjoyed so much of his music over the years. Obviously a huge influence when it came to my own music. And so thank you for that. 
And um, yeah, so go listen to those songs. I think they're they're absolutely fantastic. When it comes to Renaissance music, though, there's it's a, it's a different style, but you still feel a lot of that um, that in him. Those little things that he puts in there, and I think he's doing more of that now than he did when he when he does rock and roll. But interestingly, there is a Blackmore's Night connection to my Uriah Heat podcast, and I'll be doing an episode on this at some point. Um, they did a cover of Lady in Black as Blackmore's Night, and it is absolutely fantastic. Um, on one of the Mick, uh, Ask Mick episodes that are on YouTube, he talked about it, and uh, I hadn't known that, that, that they did that, and I went and listened to it, and I, I just loved it. And Lady in Black is, of course, one of my favorite Uriah Heap songs, as it is for so many people. Um, but they did a great job on that, and so there's the connection to that. And then uh, last thing before um, before I get into the album, just to give you guys an update. So I said I was going to only do a couple of shows this month. I'm taking this month off to work on other projects between the Uriah Heat podcast, which is now four days a week. Um, I've got an album I'm working on and a couple other things that I, I was asked to do. So uh, I, w- I was going to do one other episode this month, which was going to be an interview uh, with a friend who has an album coming out. That has now been delayed until January. So I'll be doing that sometime in January uh, or, uh, or whenever we can get together to do it. January is going to be a little bit different of a month than the normal show because of the uh, people that I have been connected with as of late, quite a lot of people in the uh, self-improvement industry. So where I normally work in entertainment, I thought it might be nice to you know, start the year with uh, some some options of ways that we can make things better. Everybody just seems to be so twisted up and angry and hateful right now. I think it's something that we could all use along with his music. You know, music definitely helps uh, us, us stay in a good mood and stay happy. And we need more of that right now, especially the the longer this goes on. So the only other show that I'll be uh, airing this year will be the uh, annual repeat I do on Christmas Day of the um, review of my album, Mental Sauna 3, Christmas Inflections. So if you're looking for something that uh, is a little more of a tranquil background for your holidays or decorating or your parties or whatever you want to do, um, that might be an option for you. So check out that episode. Yeah, I might, you know what I'll do is I'll put it up on Christmas Eve, I think. And that way, you know, because Christmas Eve for us here is Christmas Day in some parts of the country, like England is eight hours uh, later than it is here in the uh, Pacific time zone. So I think I'll do that. New Year's Eve, it'll be, or New Year's Eve, Christmas Eve, it'll be. And then you'll have it for Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, whenever you want to listen to it. Um, so that's, uh, that's pretty much it. I want to get into the album now. I'm really excited to dig into these songs and hear what uh, Blackmore's Night has delivered to us this Christmas season. So one of the major complaints that I have about these digital downloads that we have nowadays is that you know, when we had albums, you had the 12-inch album cover. A lot of times there would be an insert with liner notes. Sometimes it would open up like a, a gatefold and you'd have, uh, you know, I- information about who was in the band, who did what, something about the songs, you know, that sort of thing. And then when CDs came out and they shrunk everything down to this suck size, it uh, you couldn't read the book. And so you had all this information that you had to use a magnifying glass to read. And it just got really sad. And the artwork was not very well represented. So when, you know, the idea of digital downloads came out, I thought, oh, this is great because now we can get the booklet in, uh, you know, we can put it on our screen, we can enlarge it, we can, um, you know, really appreciate the album artwork. But you really don't get that. I There was a time when I would get a, a digital booklet. I don't get them very often. I don't really buy a lot of music though. So that consider that. But even with my own music, when I upload to my distributors, they don't have anywhere to put any booklet information. It's really just the uh, the front picture. 
and there's really nowhere for liner notes even. So as I was researching this, I couldn't find anywhere that tells me who played on it, who did what. Obviously, Richie Blackmore and Candace Knight are on it, but uh, if anybody else played on it, um, thank you. I, I don't know who you are, um, but hopefully somewhere that information will come out because I think it's really important to be able to appreciate what everyone did on an album. And, and maybe it was just Richie and Candace. I don't know. But it kind of sucks that we don't have that because we have a perfect medium. We're downloading. We're listening on our computers or our phones. We should be able to pull up that information along with the download. But even if I was releasing an album, I wouldn't be able to do it. So uh, and I and I've re released quite a few. So it's kind of the only um, advantage of releasing physical CDs anymore. Now, they did put out a, a version of this in an LP in a green vinyl, which looked really cool. I saw a couple of pictures of it and I thought, wow, that's that's sharp. That really looks good. The, the album artwork is beautiful. Um, that is easily uh, findable Undefindable. I don't know if that's a word, but it is now on the Internet. And uh, take a look at it because it's it's absolutely gorgeous. But uh, the music is obviously the most important point of releasing anything. The artwork is really for, for you know, kind of for record stores or or like when you're shopping online, you're like, hey, what's that album cover? That looks pretty interesting. Let me let me see what that's all about. That's what it's there for is to sell the album. So if you're already buying the album because you're a fan of the band, you don't need artwork you're going to buy it anyway, or you're going to at least listen to it or, or listen to samples of it and go, yeah, this is something I want to hear and just buy it. If it's a band you're a really big fan of, like Blackmore's Night, you're probably just going to buy it without question. So as, as you probably did. So the first song is called, it's the title track of the album, Here We Come, A Carolyn. And I'm just going to play a little bit of it for you. And then we're going to talk about the song. to you and to your wassail too and god bless you and send you a happy new year and god send you a happy new year so right off the bat i i just love the production i love the tone i love the feel of it it's got that warmth again i feel like i'm just sitting right by the fireplace and uh, love the, the bass in this. It's got that rich low tone. And then Richie's got a great tone in there as well. And then, of course, you know, uh, the sleigh bell, which is always great. And then Candace's beautiful voice comes in. The thing about Candace, every time I look at a picture of her, I think she, she is like, if she would have been born a couple hundred years ago, that would have been the design for a fairy princess. She just looks like she stepped out of a Disney movie. And I have a friend that that has a, a completely different look, but has that same characteristic there. Every time I look at her, I'm like, did you just walk off of a Disney set because you look like a princess, exactly what you would expect in, in a fairy tale book? Um, pretty amazing. But she's got the voice to go with it, which is even better and more important. So um, her voice on this is fantastic. And as the song goes on, it builds and uh, there's some more uh, harmonies and background vocals that really just take the song to a whole nother level. So this sample that you're hearing here is the beginning, and it really does just build on beautifully into something much bigger. There's also some flute playing, some very traditional uh, flute. In Renaissance music, what I've noticed about it is two things. One, there are a lot of trills. And two, there are uh, pretty much every song I've heard in Renaissance, I feel like it could sound like a Christmas song. <laughs> I don't know why. It doesn't even matter what the subject of the song is. There's just something about it musically. I always just think of, of like a snowy night and a fire 
and just, you know, huddling around for warmth and, and eating good food. I, I don't know. That's just the, the vision I have. I, I don't have a lot of experience in the Renaissance world, but it seems to me that whenever I've heard a song or I hear a song starting, I'm like, is that a Christmas song? It could be. So this uh, this is great in tradition. You definitely get the Christmas feel with the sleigh bell, but it, it just it just flows really beautifully. And then, like I said, as it builds uh, in the second half of the song with the vocals, uh, it's just it really is an amazing piece of music. So you're only hearing a 30 second clip of it, which should be enough to make you go. I got to hear the rest of the song. So just go hear the rest of the song. Also, I, I forgot to mention earlier, I heard in an interview with Richie one time that he doesn't like people that smile a lot and he doesn't trust them. So I'm going to try to not smile while I review these songs. But I will say it's pretty difficult when you're listening to good music not to smile, especially, you know, holiday music that brings back a lot of those memories. Um, I was trying to think yesterday what we used to do when I was a kid, because we would go to my grandparents on Christmas Eve. And I think we would leave the tree on so that it would be on in the window when we came home and then we would turn it off overnight. And I'm like, did we really leave the tree on for all those hours while we were at my grandparents' house? I don't remember, but it seems like something we might've done. So anyway, so like listening to this music brings back a lot of those, uh, those just little random memories. And um, it's, uh, it's been really nostalgic this year, but Oh, it's funny because it's new music. As many versions as I've heard of some of these Christmas songs that are just done over and over again, I've done some myself and, and they never get old. You know, if you if you redid Hair of the Dog over and over and over, I would get pretty sick of it. But for some reason with Christmas music, I've heard so many versions of so many songs. And whether I like the version or not, there's just something about I don't care that it's another version of a song I've heard before. Christmas music is a very special thing in and of itself. And I'm really glad that Blackmore's Night feels the same way and they keep putting out Christmas music for us. It came upon the midnight clear That glorious song of old From angels bending near the earth to touch their harps of gold peace on the earth goodwill toward speaking of multiple versions of a song it came upon a midnight clear as one of those songs i could never get enough of it's one of my favorites um it just it it, it evokes so many memories for me and it's just a beautiful piece of music. And as you hear in this one, um, just starting off with the guitars, I really love the tones. Again, I know I said that before. I'll probably say it on the other two songs. But uh, there's just something about the sound that they've captured here that's really magical. And it, um, it's very festive. It's full body, too. You know, a lot of times when you're playing acoustic guitar, it can, it can sound a little tinny. It can sound, you know, like you're only really getting a certain element of the the full sound spectrum but here you've got a good bass you've got a good mid-range really sounds nice and thick and uh, and then of course Candace's voice comes in and uh, the song just goes in a whole another magical passage and there's some great flute playing in here too and what I like about it is that the arrangement's a little bit different it's not your standard here's exactly how it is because as I started doing my own versions of, of Christmas music what I realized was back in the time that a lot of these songs were written they really are only in one key. It is the notes of that key and nothing else. No flats, no sharps, 
just straight on those notes. And it's it's really interesting that um, when you hear start, people start doing versions of it after the fact, and then they start taking it and making it a little more modern, doing some changes, throwing in things that you wouldn't necessarily expect. But there's some really nice transitions in this song, um, just really beautifully done. And uh, I, I really enjoyed it. In fact, I had to to listen to it a couple of times as, as I was going through preparing for the episode because it was just so enjoyable that I kind of got lost in it. You know, I'm trying to to pick out interesting things to talk about. And, you know, there's always so many, but that's just it. There's so many, but it's also just such a peaceful little journey that you're going on. And uh, I just got lost in the music and I, I went, I, I heard it, but I wasn't listening for anything. I just kind of was in the boat floating down the river of the song and being carried away by it. And I love songs that can make me do that. And um, this is definitely one that did. In fact, I would say that about a lot of Blackmore's Night's music, Blackmore's Night's music, that's kind of hard to say. So, of course, I would do it twice. But I feel like that with a lot of their music, that it's so there's there's a, a lot of interesting things going on, but there's a peaceful sound to it that it just kind of makes me feel like I'm I'm just drifting down the river and I don't care to paddle. I don't care about where I'm headed I'm just in the boat. It's going to go where it's going to go. And I'm enjoying the ride that I'm being taken on. And there's there's not a lot of music that makes me feel that way. Most of the time I'm paying attention to things or I'm listening for certain things or focusing on one thing or another. But with uh, with Renaissance, maybe it's a Renaissance music thing. I'm not sure. But for me, I feel that way with a lot of their music. And that um, that's a pretty rare thing. So congratulations on that, guys. I want to go back real quick and apologize because I think what I'm hearing in Here We Come a Caroling is actually a tambourine and not a sleigh bell. Um, it doesn't have that, um, that there's something specific about a sleigh bell. There's like a specific tonality to it that uh, that makes me actually think that was a tambourine. But either way, it got me in the Christmas spirit. So a uh, good choice of instruments there. Now, this one, Oh Little Town of Bethlehem, this one is really interesting to me because it doesn't have that, uh, that the feel of the original song, at least the one that I'm familiar with at all, which is very slow, um, very uh, drawn out ballad. And this one's just, you know, it's full of energy. It's moving. It's got all kinds of cool stuff going on in it. Um, again, it starts out with another great tone and um, just that rich and full sound. Now, I've noticed as I'm looking at the waveforms to these songs, they're not quite fully brick wall limited, but they are they're they're pushed about to the limit. And um, it's it's interesting because if you were to take a rock song and brick wall limit it, you lose so much in the way of dynamics. But for music like this, I think you can kind of push that envelope a little bit because there may be a lot going on, but you're not working with distortion. You're working with, uh, you know, with prettier tones. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know, for some reason, I think it might work a little bit better with this kind of music. I've never engineered Renaissance music before. I've engineered a lot of rock and roll, but I have engineered a lot of new age music. And it seems like I, and I'll have to play with this a little bit, but it seems like you can probably push the limit using a brick wall limiter a little bit more with this kind of music or maybe with new age than you could 
rock and roll because looking at the waveform, if this was rock and roll, it would sound it would sound harsh. I think a lot of the dynamics would be lost. But here you're hearing everything. You're hearing every nuance. This is so well mixed. I don't know who did the mix on it, but congratulations because it's it's absolutely fantastic and uh, well done. But the song itself is great. It's it's just got this energy to it that I certainly didn't expect. When I saw it was one that was on the list, I thought, okay, you know, here's here's they're going to do a couple songs and they're going to slow it down and then they're going to do the fourth song. But this doesn't slow down at all. It's it's just a great um, a, a great version of a little town of Bethlehem. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright, from young virgin, mother and child. If nothing else, even just in this clip, it goes to show how you can take something simple and make it huge and powerful. Just the opening sound is you you just, you know, it pushes on your chest. It makes you know that you're going to experience something here. And I think that's a great start. Beautiful, crisp sound from Candace. And, And as I cut off the clip, I did it there specifically because you can really hear how clean the sound is because of how clear her breath comes through. Absolutely amazing. Um, this song is, is very special to me because it was actually the very first song I ever learned how to play properly. Um, for, for one Christmas, my grandparents, the ones that we would spend Christmas Eve with, they got me a zither. And what was nice about that, I, I I don't know how old I was, maybe eight, maybe seven, somewhere in there. Um, I know I was already playing drums, so it had to be after, after I was seven, but the, uh, it had these little sheets that you would put underneath of the strings and it would guide you as to how to play the song. Now, what it didn't teach you was the timing of it. So you kind of had to know the song a little bit to know how to play it properly, but it had all the notes. And so all you would do is you would just pluck each string where the note was in that order and you would have the song and then you go, okay, well, these are the notes. Now I have to make it feel like it's the song and you play it at that tempo, you know, your accents where you want them to be and you just practice it. So this song uh, in general, has always had like a real um, a, a real connection for me, and uh, I love what they've done with it here. It's just it's it's so powerful this version, and it's it's a song that you know it's kind of one that you feel everybody just kind of looking out the window or looking at the campfire or you know arm in arm, just kind of rocking back and forth, and this version certainly delivers that feeling for me. And and I have to realize, too, that that especially with Christmas music, it can be very personal. As I'm telling you guys some of the experiences that I've had and the associated memories with these songs. I mean, obviously, you guys aren't going to be able to share in that. You're going to have your own memories that you're thinking of. But that's the beauty of this kind of music. It's something that so many people globally know and enjoy and experience. And then I've got friends that just absolutely hate Christmas music. They will not listen to it. And I, that's fine. I totally respect that. But uh, for me, I absolutely love it. And this is definitely the song that I wish this was out when I was putting up my tree because I would have been playing this song while I was putting up the ornaments on my tree. And um, yeah, great album, great, uh, great songs. I really can't wait to see what they do next. I know they've got something in the works as they have teased, but they can't say what it is. So I can't say what it is because I have no idea. 
but I'm sure whatever it is will be great. And uh, I'll be excited to hear that. So I know it's a little early as this episode comes out, but I wanted to give you guys uh, a little impression of the album so that you go out and get it and enjoy it through your holiday season. Maybe you haven't done all your decorating yet. Um, You're probably going to have maybe a hopefully only small get together, or maybe you're going to do most of it over Zoom. But you can share on Zoom. You can share your audio. And so you can uh, play this in the background while you're having your, your Christmas get togethers. I think it'd be perfect. And also, you know, not like I'm not going to plug my own music, but, uh, you know, my own Christmas stuff. So uh, hope that you guys all have a wonderful Christmas. Look out on Christmas Eve for the uh, Mental Sauna 3 Christmas Inflections episode. But also, uh, you can go find last year's. It's up there. And the uh, I think the year before. Yeah, because I, I reposted it last year from the first year that I had the podcast. And wow, 100 and, almost 140 episodes already. So uh, thank you guys for joining me. I hope you enjoyed the review. I hope you enjoy this album. It's absolutely beautiful. And uh, it makes me really wish I had a fireplace in this apartment, but I don't. That sucks. I'm just going to stick a log in the oven and pretend. Happy holidays, guys. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you.